Hello, and welcome to Couch Critics. I am one of your hosts, Easton Moore. Host Thesk Kazak is here. Hello. And the other host, Cooper Hassel. Hey. For today's episode, we're going to go um, through our top 10 movies of the decade. Uh, we've all made our own list of our top 10, and we also have some honorable mentions. So um, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and start with uh, my honorable mentions. I made quite a few. Um, I don't know how much the rest of them made, but uh, I just wanted to kind of highlight some of the movies that I really enjoy that aren't necessarily good enough to make the top 10, but um, I think I have like 27 on here. and just movies that I really enjoyed. Um, so I'm just going to kind of hit them real quick and then, uh, I will let this go. So they're not really in any particular order, uh, until I get to top 10. So inception, a star is born, wreck it, Ralph Kubo and the two strings, uh, the cabin in the woods, the secret life of Arietti, gifted nightcrawler, Sicario, big hero, six, the master, the other guys, Phantom Thread, Knives Out, Mad Max Fury Road, Logan, Manchester of the Sea, It Follows, Ad Astra, Tangled, Warrior, Arrival, The Choice, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So again, not really in any particular order there. I didn't want to go through and put them all in order, but just all movies that I thought were really solid over the past decade that I've probably seen multiple times and recommended to other people, um, but just didn't think it was quite good enough to to scratch into the top 10. So, um, Thess, do you have some honorable mentions for us? Yeah. Um, so I made a list up to 30, but I'll just highlight some. Um, there is, and these are some honorable mentions, uh, Hereditary, Avengers Endgame, her, La La Land, Logan, Irishman, Spider-Verse, Manchester by the Sea, Star Wars Last Jedi, Good Time, Prisoners, Dallas Buyers Club, The Revenant, Arrival, Ad Astra, Drive, Inherent Vice, You Were Never Really Here, Mad Max Fury Road, and John Wick Chapter 3 are all my honorable mentions for the, for the decade. I have three. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I have Joker, Marriage Story, and this movie called The Dirties that I really like. Uh, an indie film. I'll that put I... The Dirties on my list. What? You've seen The Dirties? No, I said I'm, I'm going to have to put it on my list. That... Oh, dang it. <laughs> if you say it's in your honorable mentions, yeah, I'll have to put it on my list. Uh, yeah, you almost made me so excited. We have this running joke that Thess is just never going to watch The Dirties because I've been trying to tell him for like well, two months I w- to watch I it. Will, I will watch it. Okay, he did the same thing on uh, Upgrade to me. So what a douchebag. I know, right? But don't worry, I'll watch it. It's not. Thank you. Know, you. If you say it's on your top, I so. Watch after Nirvana, the band, the show. I promise you that. <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, yeah, I'm also glad somebody else put Joker in there because I've heard a lot of heat towards Joker. So. Yeah, I know a lot of people didn't love it, but I really liked it. Yeah, I did too. So um, I guess we'll go ahead and, and get started on the actual top ten. Um, so we're going to go 10 down to one. Um, so my number 10 uh, and my list is kind of a mix between favorites and that, that I think are like the best and well done. Um, so kind of a mix of what I liked and I thought, you know, was good production and, uh, and like a, um, yeah, a really good movie. So Southpaw was my number 10, um, which I guess isn't necessarily the uh, most well-known or, biggest movie it doesn't have like the greatest 
Rotten Tomatoes or anything. Uh, like on Letterbox, it's an average of three point three, which is pretty rough. But um, what movie is this? I'm sorry. For my taste, Southpaw. Okay, gotcha. Southpaw. It's a yeah. It's a what? It's it's a boxing movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, yeah, I've heard of it. I've never I can't seen it. remember. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I just love uh, boxing movies, pretty much any one that's come out, I think, except for Hands of Stone, which I've heard is really good, so I do need to watch it. But I think I've watched almost every boxing movie that's come out um, just because I'm a big fan of them. Same with UFC. I don't know. I just like fighting in movies. Um, and it, I think this one did a really good job of adding a personal side to it because um, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't uh, <laughs> I won't say um, what makes it so much more emotional but um you know there's a daughter aspect of it and struggling between him being a father and and being a boxer i thought was really well done and communicated um so it was just a way of having an emotional tie uh to the boxer himself um which i mean the rocky movies did a really good job yeah. uh over the years so um i think it did a pretty good job in just a two-hour window uh, or just over two hours uh, not as good as the rocky movies i love the Rocky Damn movies, right. but um, yeah, I think it was one of the best boxing movies, and I just had to put at least one of them uh, in there. The Creed movies were really good, and that was a really close one. Um, I don't know why I didn't put that on honorable mention, but Creed was really good too, but uh, yeah, I just I love this one so much, and I've seen it multiple times, So, uh, and I'm not a big rewatcher of movies too much anymore, so um, yeah, I think that's my that would be my number 10 on the list. Are we doing our number two? Okay, go for it. Yeah, my yeah, number yeah. 10 um, is Parasite, a movie that came out in 2019. Nice. Um, it, it got a lot of praise, I think, towards the, because it, as it should, it's a fantastic movie. I think everybody who's seen it, uh, who, who's seen it, uh, just really enjoyed it, really loves it. I think it's one of the only few movies, I think it is the only movie on my on Letterboxd that all my friends have given it five stars that have seen it. Wow. That has seen it. Um, it's also the... Even Kyler's? Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, that's surprising. Yeah. yeah. So it's like one of the... That's high praise. Claims, claim films. Um, it's also the highest rated movie on Letterboxd now. Fun fact. Beat, really? Beat out The Godfather by I think one one thousandth, ten thousandth of a sliver. So like it's not... I'm going to go give it one star. That just shows... It. That just shows you how bad Letterboxd's rating system is. Godfather so, is the best. Come on. Got him. Got him. <laughs> You're a Slayerbox. Meet our demand. The movie's just a, a, about class struggle and human nature, I think, within classes and how everybody, I mean, is a sense of parasite to some degree, uh, no matter where you are on the socioeconomic uh, food chain. And I think it's just really interesting how they explore that. Um, there are a crazy amount of twists, I think, and the movie does get dark at one at one point, and you just can't go, you just can't turn around at that point. But it's just so fa- fascinating, beautiful cinematography through the whole entire um, film. It was my first bomb. Uh, what's the director's name? Bong Joon Um, yeah, it's uh, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, yeah, um, Bong Joon Ho, and he's made some other some other yeah, good movies like too. So, this mm-hmm. year, I mean, a couple years ago too, I heard that it was good. Yeah, um, but I think yeah, just there's so many I think deep themes that resonate through the whole entire film, and it's just in my opinion just a 
perfectly made movie. So nice. It's my yes. turn. Yep. It is. My number ten is a movie I watched two days ago called Whiplash, small little indie film you might have heard of. <laughs> uh, I didn't Great love movie. it when I first saw it. I think you I gave saw it, it two days ago. Three stars. Yeah, well, in those two days, I've had time to reflect. And, gotcha. Um, yeah, it I didn't love it at you. first. Uh, it did grow on me. It's still not, I don't know, some people say it's like one of the greatest of all time. I think it's a little bit overrated maybe, but I did enjoy it. Um, the biggest problem I had was this mega dick's actions are all excused because he's just trying to push people, but like... He's slapping his student and throwing chairs at them. It's just a little bit, a little bit exaggerated, I think. But in thinking about it, in hindsight, I really liked the acting from a uh, main character who looks like the kid from Thirteen Reasons Why and J. Jonah Jameson. They had really good chemistry, even though the characters hated each other. Um, yeah, and just as someone who likes music a lot, it was cool to see just musical pieces and kind of the backgrounds that people don't think about of just how hard it is to, especially for a drummer in a jazz band to, um, get going. Yeah. And that final act was really good too. Oh was, yeah. That I thought so. Scene, that, yeah. Yeah. Was, it was kind of dumb, was really cool. but it was really <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And somebody, uh, talked to me about it and said that, uh, one reason why they liked that last part so much is because, um, if you were a drum, like trying to be a, a famous jazz drummer, uh, going up and doing that is just like, you just threw your career away. Like there's no coming back from doing that in that concert. So what um, playing the whiplash song after you fucked up or when he fucks up just the whole thing, him, him messing up. So the, um, composer, you know, the teacher putting him in that situation, how like, fucked up that is and then him going back on stage and doing everything like so both of them just ruined each other's careers and that's kind of what made it yeah uh, it's kind of like a draw yeah um and i just my favorite part of the whole movie is when he gets back up there and he starts playing whiplash and uh jay jonah jameson looks at him and he's just drumming his heart out and he mouths fuck you (laughs) yeah yeah it was great yeah but man i like that one every time he touches the drum yeah, it's kind of that's a good movie. It to death a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, yeah, didn't love it. Still don't love it, but I I do think it's pretty good. So I put it at number ten. Sweet. All right. Um, should I go ahead and do my number nine, Cooper? You should. Okay. Uh, my number nine uh, might be a little surprising, but I had to at least put one of these movies in there of the trilogy. So. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Um, I had to at least put one, so I figured I'd pick my favorite. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. Yeah, hey, that uh, one too. Rise of Skywalker was nowhere, yeah, nowhere near my favorite of the of the trilogy. But I had to put one Star Wars because I do enjoy them as a whole, the new saga. So um, I liked Rise of Skywalker. Well, no, I didn't really like Rise of Skywalker, but I liked it enough. <laughs> And then I did like The Last Jedi enough, so, um, but I think Force Awakens was the only movie that I enjoyed throughout the whole part. I didn't think there was anything that made me upset when it comes to the whole Star Wars lore. Um, I didn't dislike, you know, the Luke aspect of it. I didn't, Starkiller Base was kind of, 
know, I thought was a little stupid, but the first order I thought was a really cool concept and I think they did a good job with. So, uh, and Kylo Ren's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars now because of the whole trilogy, but also because of um, this one. Uh, Kylo Ren's awesome. Force Awakens. So, yeah. Um, uh, I think they could have done him a little bit more justice throughout the, the trilogy, but uh, I don't know. I really liked him. So uh, I had to at least put one of the movies in there. Um, the killing of Han Solo wasn't the best, but I mean, they at least fit uh, the movie and um, Ray may be a little overpowered for my taste, but uh, I think Daisy Ridley does a really good job. Um, and I think uh, Oscar Isaac does a really good job with Poe Dameron. Um, every character is at least likable in the new trilogy or in this um, movie of the trilogy. So uh, that's why I had to, I had to put force awakens in there also because um of the movie experience. I don't, I know most of you guys went and watched it. I'm pretty sure all of you guys watched it on opening night, but um, I did not. That was probably, Oh, okay. I didn't see it for a couple of weeks. Actually. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I saw it like three times in one weekend. Um, <laughs> but just the theater experience of, I had been waiting for this movie for so long. Um, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. And then Disney bought it and they were making another star Wars movie. Um, and it was probably the best theater experience I've ever had just because of the internal hype I had of it. And um, I had watched the trailer a hundred times over because I was just so excited for it. Um, and I left the theater happy, um, which hasn't necessarily happened over the other two. So, um, yeah, I had to put uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens as my number nine. Easton, do you remember um, that day by any chance? You ever like uh, I had to go get a cortisone shot in my foot, <laughs> and then we had to go watch the was movie. Was that that so day? Time, yeah, it was that day, and we were like worried about missing the movie, and my foot was numb through the whole entire movie. It was awesome. Oh yeah, because we were worried that we weren't going to quite make it enough, like that we'd miss the first like ten yeah, minutes or something. It. Because we yeah, we did make it with enough time. Thankfully, because movie experiences aren't where you have to get there eighteen hours ahead of time. You can buy which yeah. seat you're going to be in. Um, that was life. Um, I love how Starkiller Basin has just one giant sunny <laughs> of destruction. Hey, I, I'm not going to talk about the one thing I dislike about the movie. If there's it one thing I had the to, power of the sun. Yeah, I'm not. We, I don't. Yeah, I don't need to talk about Starkiller Basin. That was the one thing that I just fully did not get behind the whole time, and the fact that they figured out how to destroy it in two seconds, and it took a whole entire group of people dying to kill the Death Star just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. A little bit. I I did I am Damien Damien. it a little bit. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I hate the last Jedi because bombs don't drop in space. So no, I don't care about that. So don't though. (laughs) No, but that's not gonna make me ruin it doesn't ruin my experience like figuring out how to blow up the most powerful power station the galaxy has ever seen and figuring it out in like three seconds because there must be something that holds that power and you just got to blow it up. Love. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we can, uh, yeah, love. we don't, we, we're going to have, a, I'm sure we're going to have a whole entire star Wars episode where we can talk about everything we love and dislove or dislike about uh, star Wars. So we can, we can go to that more, but I just had to at least put just one give me the chance. Uh, of the new movies that came out in the 2010. So uh, yeah, my number nine was force awakens. My number nine is a um, it's a small, kind of a smaller picture that I don't know how many people saw, but I thought it was amazing, a great theater experience. No, 
It's uh, the lighthouse, actually. So you were halfway uh, close, Cooper. Um, I'm sorry. The lighthouse is a very weird, strange movie <laughs> that uh, is a puzzle box to solve, essentially. And um, there's a lot that goes into it, whether it be Greek mythos or um, guilt, uh, and just is um, it's just a movie that just blew me away with its I think simplicity but also with its deep uh, its deep themes that it explores and then Willem Dafoe and uh, Robert Pattinson give two of my favorite performances I've ever seen in a film uh, Robert Pattinson actually reminds me a lot of Daniel Day-Lewis in uh, There'll Be Blood like even down to like the mustache doesn't he have sex <laughs> so with a squirrel or something was, uh no no <laughs> it doesn't he, he has sex with something, right? He, he has sex with something. He has mermaid, sex with a yeah. mermaid in his yeah. dream state, or maybe not dream state, because the movie doesn't make any sense from two seconds in to Uh-oh. when it stops. Hot take. <laughs> Some clashing critics here. So, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think there are, there are some lenses that you can view it through, but ultimately it is a puzzle box that you kind of just have to piece together what makes sense and what doesn't. And uh, I just think it's fantastic and one of the most unique movies I've seen ever. It was unique. Uh, uh, so that's my number. Oh, and it's so beautiful, too, just the the black and white and the uh, 16-9 ratio aspect mm-hmm. just makes that movie so much better. So I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that's my number I can nine. agree with that. My number nine came out in 2010, which counts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. 2010 through 2019. Cool. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ah, um, I love it. Nice. Yeah, it. it's super you ever dope. Seen Scott Pilgrim. Oh man, I've never seen Scott Pilgrim. Dang, it's freaking cool, man. Yeah, they're about to make a sequel. Throw it on I'm in the background. So excited. They're making a sequel. They're it's in talks. Yeah, the the I think the main girl wants wants a ten year later sequel. To see where oh, that's the cool. whole cast is at. Ramona. So oh, like yeah. Zombieland. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like zombie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but yeah, that's that's a great no, movie. No, you're good. I, I didn't know that was happening. Yeah, that's yeah. you would like it. It has Anna Kendrick. I love her. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's also got, uh, what's she's the his sister. Name? Uh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, And you love Michael Sarah. He's a fantastic he's actor. A, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good guy. Yeah, you guys are buds. <laughs> Uh, it's filmed like a video game, kind of like just mm-hmm. weird stuff happens. I didn't really get it when I first saw it, but thinking about it, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's just super cool, really fun, really stupid movie. Um, the bass guitar battle is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, ever. It's, it's so yeah. sick. <laughs> they, so I don't know if you know the plot this, but it's this guy meets the girl of his dreams. He has dreams about this girl and then he meets her in real life. And so he um, he has to fight all of her evil ex-boyfriends, and they do different like video game fights. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, they have like I a bass guitar. Like like, do what? I heard I would like it. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah, you would. It's visually just really cool. But yeah, that's it. And it also has Anne from Arrested Development. Dude, are you saying it's better better than Whiplash? I enjoyed it more than Whiplash, yes, but objectively, no, it's probably Jared not a better Shables. movie. Yeah, Jared, Jared, Jared and Shables. This is your top ten, Cooper. This is my top ten. Screw Jared. Yeah, 
hate that guy. Yeah, it, too, man. It, yeah. it has probably one of my favorite lines too, which is probably a stupid line, but what is when, it? Uh, the you have to use the L word, and um, he says lesbian. It's like no, the other L word, lesbians. I've used <laughs> that quote way too many times. It's so stupid, but in the movie, I. That was I cracked up, and there were so many just small little scenes that just were hilarious. The gay roommate was just great. <laughs> yeah, that's Super a great funny. character. There's a ton yeah, of was, uh, really small characters, and I like when movies do that. Um, they have a ton of just like lovable characters that are only there for a couple scenes. Doesn't Michael Sarah have sex with a bike in that movie? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, how's, the, that, how's that feel? That's not that good. Feel good huh? The soundtrack of that movie was also fantastic. Yeah, I listen yeah, to it every once in a while. Just they, I mean, they made their own music for it. I mean, most of it at least, and because um, they're both in band, a lot of people are in bands. Yeah, and well, it's the plot. Is it they're in a band? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, both the, both him and the bassist's band. I don't know his ex girlfriend's band. I thought both of them were really good bands, and I like I listen to them every once in a while. So yeah, yeah, great. I like nine, uh, knives. The character Knives. She's one of my favorites. Yeah. The Asian girl. Mm-hmm. She just can't get away. Huh? She's in like high school. Yeah, she's like 17, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. And then she's in love with him the whole movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Sweet. Sweet. Good movie. Good, good number nine. Um... My number eight, uh, I don't know if either of you have seen this one, um, but it's La La Land. Um, oh, I've seen it. Okay, good. At least one of you that guys have. That's but my uh, dude. Oh, it was? I did not hear that. My bad. Um, yeah, La La Land. I yeah, thought... Yeah, well, uh, bad. I'm sorry. Um, but it again, has one of my favorite actors, Ryan Gosling, and I also very much enjoy Emma, uh, Emma Stone. Me too. Um, so it has two... Two actors, it has an actor and actress that I'm really fond of. And again, just the music of it, the whole jazz scene of the whole movie was just uh, really different for me, at least. And uh, so I, I love the whole entire score um, and how it's it's two different people that, that love each other and want to be together. And they're trying to make it work, but they're just two different people. Um, and realizing, I mean, I just think the theme was, is that, uh, two people can be in love and realize that they're just not going to work out together because they, um, have different directions in their lives. So, um, seeing that play out through the whole movie, I thought was really, really good. And the ending is, is, um, sad, but I think the perfect ending to that movie. So, um, yeah, I really like the ending of that movie too. Yeah, it's not what I personally wanted because when you're going through the movie, you want them to end up together. But whoa, spoilers! Um, <laughs> sorry, but I, I don't care. Uh, yeah, there watching. might be spoilers in this episode. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, just the way it ended to have you know you want them to to be together, and then in the end, um, they're both happy, and you're happy that they're both happy, but you know they're just not together. So yeah, I. Uh, I'd say that's my number eight. Just the music, the two acting, I think, was really good. Uh, they did a great job of setting the atmosphere uh, and the struggle. And the, the um, it's based in L.A., I think, in Hollywood. So uh, I think it did a really cool 
job of painting what Hollywood feels like um, for actors and and singers and um, sacrifices you have to make to be with someone and then sometimes not taking those sacrifices. So yeah, La La Land would be my number eight. That was beautiful. Nice, good pick, good pick. That was a really good soundtrack of that movie too. And really, mm-hmm. I love the yeah, color I love palette. The jazz. And the color palette oh, of that yeah. movie is so good too. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the like Damon Chazelle's purple. a really good. Damon Chazelle's a really good actor. I mean, not actor. He's a really good uh, director and just really. Okay, I was like, about, like I don't what's even... on his. What's on his? Yeah, uh, he has a lot of other. Whiplash he has some other really good movies. Is, is he okay? I didn't think he. Yeah, he's Whiplash and, and First, First Man. Man. Yeah. yeah. First Man's really good too. Wow. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number eight is another uh, A twenty four movie. Uh, called Uncut Gems. I think it's the most their most popular movie to date. Uh, it makes sense because it has mm-hmm. probably one of the most popular actors of all time, uh, Adam Sandler. Deshan Man uh, as the lead. Deshan Man. <laughs> and uh, he plays. He plays someone so different than what he he normally has, besides like a very few roles before this, such as uh, Punch Truck Love, which is by Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson, and my Billy Madison. director. Uh, yeah, Billy Madison. Uh, now he did, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Funny People. Uh, I think that was in t- late two thousands, early two thousand tens, when he played that in that movie. And then uh, the Merowith stories by Noah Bach, Bachman, Bachman, uh, who does Marriage Story. Uh, there's another Netflix movie that he does. So that was a good movie. Adam Sandler isn't known for a lot of these like drama roles or like serious roles, but he I think just knocks it out of the park with Uncut Gems. Uh, one of my favorite, I think like one of my favorite characters that he plays uh, in a movie is Howard. Um, but it's just literally like anxiety. The movie uh, Leffen, who is a Super Smash Bros. Hey, professional player, described it perfectly. Yeah, he's like, imagine you're just playing Puff. Game five, last stock, high percent. And that's the whole movie stretched out for two hours and 15 minutes. I was like, that is perfect because you just follow this guy each time and he's just creating these high stake bets <laughs> and just like, he's just for the next gambling high. It's, it's so amazing to watch and wonderful cinematography. Kevin Garnett, one of my favorite basketball players is like the third, um, most important Garnet character Chula. in the movie. Garnet yeah. The Garnett Chula. And uh, he's uh, he's in it. He does fantastic as well. And it's by the Safdie brothers, who are great up and covers. Um, so it's just a fantastic film. One of my favorite theater experiences, and just a, I think just a movie that can leave you with a, a lasting impression is so. It does do that. Awesome, and that movie definitely. I think whether you like it, love it, or hate it, like you just <laughs> you had an experience yes. like no other while watching a movie. So that, I, it's my number eight. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies ever, too. I think I think top thirty. I put it as so. Wow. Yes, have you or Cooper? Have you seen that one? I've not yet. Okay. I really want to. Um, I don't think it was available around me. Yeah, it didn't get too many too many theater shows. Um, yeah, it was a good movie, and it is. I don't love it as much as this does because it is just an anxiety riven movie where it doesn't slow down from two seconds into the movie till the end. Yeah. And I love stuff like that though. It's so many cool parts. Like, yeah, like, your heart is racing sure. just the whole time. And you're just upset because of everything that's happened to him, the decisions he's making. It's, and and yeah. it's just such sn- snowball effects too, that just pile on like, Oh, this is not that big of a deal. But then it like comes into like a most inopportune times. Yeah. 
And it's like, you're just, you're just there, like, hair falling out because you're so anxiety-ridden. But I love it. Yeah. It's such a fun experience. And Adam Sandler, I think, does fantastic in the role. He so, does. It was probably it was one probably, of his best performances of his life. I'll, I will yeah. give him that. He plays a great um, Jewish... Yeah, like... Yeah. Bag. Yeah. Um, but... I, w- I went and saw that one with uh, with my wife, and she could not. I mean, I don't think she made it twenty mo- twenty minutes, if that. Before didn't even get into the good stuff. No, she, <laughs> she could do? not stand. Did she leave. She, um, so about maybe ten minutes in, she got out her phone and started um, looking at Instagram because she couldn't handle it. And then about thirty <laughs> minutes in, she left, and then came back in right before. Um, that last third act scene, Cooper knows I'm, t- or I don't want to spoil it for Cooper. So that's knows what I'm talking about. And if you've seen the movie, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. So then she saw kind of the conclusion of it and it just looked at me afterwards. It's like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. So <laughs> she didn't even see most of it, but. Hell of an endorsement. We, yeah. But, you know, it's definitely, you have to it's be. An experience. In, you have to be ready to just be on not a good edge of your seat, not like a horror edge of your seat. It's like, yeah, just anxiety ridden for, for two hours. And it was very, very <laughs> hard to watch, uh, which made me not necessarily like the movie the first time I watched it because of emotionally what you go through for two hours. Um, but definitely a good, I, mean, I, I, I definitely agree with this. It's do. a great movie, um, but not a personal fan of it because of what it makes you go through for two hours. So it does a good job of what it tries to do, but yeah, hard movie to watch, but really good. Yeah. I really want to see it. I was sad. I couldn't. should be out pretty soon. I mean, if you, uh, if you live in what Australia or something, you can watch it on Netflix now. Yep. It's in everywhere, but America. <laughs> it's messed up. <laughs> messed up, man. So, well, speaking of, movies my number eight is guardians of the galaxy uh my favorite marvel movie that is a great i pick. had not seen or heard of any of the guardians of the galaxy before this Thess actually made the friend group i was with go see this while we were on vacation in st louis i think and we were all kind of annoyed because we didn't really want to at least i was i didn't want to see it but it was awesome uh what's his face chris pratt is one of my favorite actors He's just a really cool guy, and he yeah. does great here. Got absolutely jacked for this movie, yeah, and then, which led to one of the best parts in Parks and Rec when he describes his weight loss as he just stopped drinking beer, <laughs> which was pretty great. Uh, I think movies like Suicide Squad should look at this movie and just feel ashamed that they introduced five heroes that are all lovable and told a story about them all and brought them together and gave them chemistry and a reason to do something because suicide squad is basically just this movie. If it sucked ass, cause this movie's awesome. It is uh, great humor. Probably the funniest. Um, my personal, probably favorite soundtrack in a movie. It's kind of cheating. Cause it's just a bunch of dope, like seventies and eighties songs, but that is a fun movie though. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, Marvel, James if not Gunn just superhero is movies. The, the new Suicide Squad movie, so you're in good hands. Good yeah, movie. so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. If there's one person we'll who can do it, it's, it's, it's my boy. James Gunn, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, I was so. I, 
everybody like was annoyed at the, when I showed him it, but I was still got a the theater like that's that was, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah, I it was just we were on vacation. We didn't really want to see a movie, and none of us. I don't know. The marketing for it wasn't super hyped up. I think even they were surprised at how well it did. But wasn't it the first movie after the Avengers? No, no. That's Iron Man three, another Iron masterpiece. And then you have like a bunch of those you have Winter Soldier. And so that's was it before? Else. Was it before Avengers then? I think it was. Be- I think it was after Age of Ultron. It was before Age yeah, of was- Ultron. No, that was afterwards. No. Well, that's you're, not that big wrong. deal, I guess. But you're you're wrong. It's actually insane how wrong you are. Look it up. All right, boys, let's stop fighting. But just for the heck of it, I'll look it up. I'm looking. 2014 was when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. So uh, right before Age of Ultron. Yeah, it's the movie before Age of Ultron. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, everyone got right. really idiot. excited for Age of idiot. Ultron. Everyone got so excited for Age of Ultron because the Guardians of the Galaxy was so good. And then we got the worst, one of the worst movies of the well, franchise. Also, yeah, the, sucks. Um, <laughs> the first Avengers isn't, was like good. It's not good, but it was good. <laughs> if that makes sense. At the time, yeah. Yeah, for the time. And then they're like, oh, we're going to get the second one. And then you have like a really cool villain, and then he just sucks. That movie's not good. Age of Ultron's not good. So, so yeah. But Guardians of the Galaxy is cool. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy rules. I don't think anyone dislikes that movie. It's just a universal, like, solid movie. Yeah. Although, are you guys a fan of the second one? I, I, I like, like it. it. It's obviously worse part. than this one. I don't like the third act. It's not super convoluted, but I mean, yeah. all the characters are still there. It's still funny. The scene <laughs> where um, my favorite part about that movie, not to steer too far off, this is the last thing I'll say about Guardians of the Galaxy, but in two, it has like one of the funniest parts in the MCU, I think, when um, they build it up like, I forget her name, but the girl that looks like a bug that can feel your feelings. They kind of tease yeah. that her and Drax are going to be romantic, and then they just abolish that immediately by having him like yeah. dry heat Mantis. at the thought of like having Mantis sex with her. Toboggan. Yeah, I thought that was so fun. Yeah, that was that was good. Mantis, yeah, Mantis Toboggan. I can't think of the actor's name for Drax, but Dave Batista. Uh, Batista. Yeah, that is the only movie he has done well in. So, but he does a great job of being Drax. So, You're telling me that movie that. where he's uh, with the Uber driver is not good. No, no, Stuber was not a, not a good. <laughs> I laughed a couple times. I'll give it that, but he's in Dune. Not, no, not a great movie. He's gonna be in Dune. He was in a uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He was in Blade Runner at the very beginning, and he was pretty. He was he did a good job in that one. But I mean, he was there that for what? Good a job Gosling. being buff and throwing Ryan Gosling around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay. He does what he does for a living. Yeah, at least before movies and making worms. What? And making he worms. made the shit out of those worms. <laughs> Yeah, he did a really good job there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all I have to say about Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, sweet. Uh, my number uh, number seven is going to be a movie that's already been said. Parasite is my number seven of the decade. Um, Cooper or er, Thess has kind of talked about it already. Um, I know Cooper's going to watch it some sometime soon, but. Um, yeah, Parasite was just uh, a movie I wasn't really, you know, 
expecting too much from. I had heard some people say it was good. And then um, kind of the same way that I did uh, The Lighthouse, I had to go find a theater that did it because uh, I usually watch all my movies on AIM, uh, at AMC and AMC was not showing Chill. Parasite, uh, just like they didn't show the lighthouse, and um, so I had to go find a theater that would that played it. Um, and there was probably like three people in the theater by the time I went and saw it, um, and didn't know at all what was going to happen. I didn't know what it was about or anything. And then um, I thought they did a great job of showing the environment and what um, South Korea, I believe it's South Korea. Uh, was like is like right now um and just like that said a great job of communicating the the wealth um what wealth you know the wealth power and what uh how that uh um hurts people and and makes people think differently of each other and um and it is probably the best um third act I've ever like the final act I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, I was going to give that to Joker when that came out. Cause I love the last 20 minutes of Joker. I thought it was a great way. Like they probably ended that movie perfectly. And then um, I saw parasite and I think that did a better job um, mainly because I had no idea any of that was coming and it was set up perfectly. So um, I don't want to ruin anything for, for Cooper, but um, everything that happened in that last act, if you've seen it was um, just insane and you weren't expecting a single part of it. Uh, when you were watching the movie, you thought nope. it was going to go uh, one way with this whole family um, kind of lying their way into the rich family. And uh, it took a complete turn and just put the pedal to the metal and finish the movie. And so, um, I would say that is that is my number seven, and I'm really pulling forward to um, win Best Picture at the Oscars. Um, there's some good, a lot of really good movies this year, but um, I think that'd be a great accomplishment uh, for the director because um, he's made some. You know, I want him to get the recognition he he deserves, and also having a foreign movie win the American Oscars, I think, would be really cool. So I don't know how many times it's happened. I think only movie I can think of, I think is the artist, which was a French movie, but most people will think that's a pretty controversial win. So, um, yeah, parasite would be my number seven. And, uh, I think that's the only movie of 2019 on my list. So, um, pulling for that one to win best picture. Oh, um, my number seven is a movie that I rewatched when it first came out. And then I haven't rewatched it since, um, but it's Chris Rowland's, I think Magnum Opus interstellar. Um, and I was blown away by it. Like I knew it was good. Well, so kind of backstory. I watched Inception the day before because I thought it was gonna be like on my list or like high up there, and I didn't, I didn't really like enjoy it uh, as much as I thought I was going to. And so I was kind of worried about in, uh, Interstellar. I was like, oh man, am I gonna not like Interstellar? But I was blown away by I think how amazing it is and i call it christopher nolan's uh magnum opus because i think it's probably his best film uh my fir- my favorite movie all times the dark knight but i think this is gonna be a film that uh christopher nolan's known is gonna be remembered for and known for uh just because everything i think was so he had to create everything originally from the ground up where he didn't have to work with in pre-established characters or lore but here he had to work with like what does this mean uh, like 
this 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 creative genius that he has to get it worked from the ground up. And I really appreciated that from um it's fantastic. I think everyone that watches it is just uh amazed at it to some degree. Um and it's an experience nonetheless. Uh Matthew McConaughey does a fantastic job. Anne Hathaway does a great job as well. Michael Caine. So many good actor actors and actresses are in the film and it's literally just uh, an experience I don't think you'll forget, and I really appreciate it for that. Beautiful cinematography and score. Yeah, I just actually watched that movie, I think, last week or maybe a week and a half ago. It had been on my watch list for a long time, and it was a movie I wanted to watch before we did this podcast. So um, it was great. It was not what I expected um, at all. I mean, I expected it to be a space movie, but um, the specifics of what happened – um, with the food shortage and, and the, you know, the time stuff, all that was not what I was expecting. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Matthew McConaughey, he has some duds, but he also has some great movies. And that was definitely one of, one of his best. Uh, the only movie I think rank ranks above on Christopher Nolan though. Um, I personally like the prestige more than interstellar, but I haven't seen that. You know, one yet. I have okay. It. Yeah. You should definitely give that one a watch. It's, um, Christopher Nolan, uh, I I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. So, but yeah, Interstellar was was a great movie, and it's probably I think one of his top three. Dark Knight, you know, Dark Knight, Interstellar, and Prestige. So, have you seen Memento, Easton? Um, yeah, we talked about this once. Um, I started it, and oh, then yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had to stop it pretty shortly afterwards just because of uh, some stuff that was going on. So I have it, and just hadn't picked it up to to actually finish it i was only like 20 minutes in so you should I'll watch to, it it's dope i'll have to pick that one up and, and finish it yeah yeah it looked really good it just hasn't happened yet so yeah that's I, my I assume that's, favorite by him yeah a lot of people think that one's really good so i'm excited to finish that one a good number seven Did somebody say number seven mine has already been taken yes, but it's did. the force awakens or as easton calls it the force awakens uh, yeah, Force of Watkins. Watkins. It's a little throwback for you. Um, I like Last Jedi a lot, but I think I like this one a little bit more. It's just super fun, kind of turn-your-brain-off movie. Yeah, it borrows a lot from New Hope, but yeah. I don't really care. I think anyone that does is kind of just See. looking for something to get upset about. I liked all the characters. It's set up really well. Um, Cosmonaut. Variety Hour, the YouTuber that that showed me, he made a really good point about how disappointing Finn's arc goes after this movie. And I forgot how cool of a character he is in this movie. They set him up to be... Huh? Very much so. I yeah, very much so. Yeah, he's really they, cool. They definitely dropped yeah, the ball on him. He's really cool in this movie. He's like the soldier who wonders, why am I doing this? And he gets out, which is an idea that I'm sure many people have thought, but has never really been explored in Star Wars. Him and Poe have a great relationship. Uh, yeah, Daisy Ridley does fantastic. Kylo Ren might be my favorite Star Wars character ever, besides like Han Solo. Uh, oh, yeah. Because Adam Driver is just an amazing actor. Um, I like the tension set up by the end. It's, you know, we're going to find Luke. Oh, we found him. Oh, boy. All that good stuff. Just a fun movie, I thought. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. 
Thanks. I was I watched it on my uh, my Star Wars rewatch for Episode Nine, and yeah, I did like it. It was pretty yeah. fun. I'm glad you said something about Adam Driver because I completely forgot to mention. I mentioned Kylo Ren, how much I love him, but I forgot to mention Adam Driver <laughs> himself and how he's quickly become one of my favorite um, favorite actors since The Force Awakens came out. I think mean, like every movie he's made has just been yeah, dude, he's fantastic. Great. I mean, Silence was probably the only movie that I thought was the Which one? best. So Silence, I, at least I think he was in that one. Um, oh, yeah, with Martin Scorsese, Silence. Yeah, with Andrew Garfield and Liam Neeson. Yeah, I think, that, I think um, he's in that. I haven't I believe, seen it. Yeah, I believe I've he's in that one. It was good, but I think that was the only movie that's like, you know, kind of, eh, it's okay. But, yeah, I love Adam Driver and Marriage Story and Black Klansman and uh, Logan Lucky. Black Klansman still. He's, uh, he's, he's done great in all of them. So um, thanks for mentioning him because I welcome. completely dropped the ball on that one. He's great. I can always count on you, Cooper. Alrighty, so what's your number six? Number six is a movie that I heard Thess has just watched, and I'm very happy about it because I have told him to for a long time. It's a great movie, uh, Prisoners. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's the only movie that I have on my top ten that has Hugh Jackman and probably, no, second movie with Jake Gyllenhaal in it. So um, I think this is one of Hugh Jackman's best movies, um, at least when it comes to drama, his... Oh yeah, you're Sorry. uh Paul Dano. No, yeah, your your guy, your favorite guy. Um from um I'm his there favorite will be blood. Guy. He's a good guy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot Cooper's his favorite guy. But yeah, and everyone that plays in this movie, like all the actors and, and actresses, all did a great job and um I really didn't know what was gonna happen ever throughout the movie. I was um they I think they did a great like a wonderful job of making you feel exactly the way that um, Hugh Jackman feels and you feel like he isn't doing the right thing, but you understand why he's doing what he's doing. Um, and so I think it, uh, it just kept me on the edge of my seat because I, I wanted him to find his daughter, but I also didn't want him to do it the way that he was doing it. And I, but at the same time I knew that, um, you know, what are you supposed to do as a dad that, um, feels like the police isn't helping you. And then Jake Gyllenhaal's character was, um, was great as a investigator trying to find his daughter, but kind of turned on, um, Hugh Jackman. So, uh, yeah. And, the I, I don't remember the kid's name, Jake Lloyd, um, but he did. Was that his name in the movie? No, it wasn't Jake Lloyd Cooper. No, that's, oh. <laughs> that's Anakin in episode one. Don't, don't let him fool you. Oh, Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, I can't remember the, his, his character, but, um, he did, yeah, he did a great job. Uh, you're Paul Dano. He did a great job, um, in the movie. And, uh, I think the ending, another, I guess it's a pretty common theme through my top movies, but the ending was just fantastic. Um, it had a twist in there that I was not, I kind of thought for maybe a couple seconds, but then kind of forgot about. Um, so I think they did a good job keeping that secret. Um, I mean, giving you enough clues to kind of, um, come to that conclusion yourself, but, um, yeah, I wasn't ready for, uh, that twist at the end. So, uh, really good. Cinematography would be... Really good. Cinematography. Roger Deakins is really good. Yeah. Really good. Uh, cinematographer. So 
yeah, that's a good movie. I, li- I liked it. I liked my watch of it. So everyone does really good. Um, yeah, that's a good one. So my number six is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Just barely missing out of top five. Dang. But, um, yeah, this is it's a heartbreaker. I know. It's in my top five. It's one of my favorite. One of my favorite movies, I think. Like, I think it's a, also like a top 25 movie. Or else I have my top 20. I know for sure. But I respect this movie a lot. I love it. Um, I was blown away at it. Uh, the first one's one of my favorite movies of all time as well. Uh, so, like, just... And the undertaking of, of a making a sequel for a cult classic uh, is hard <laughs> to say the least and I think this movie exceeds expectations and creates more of a companion piece for uh, the first one and I think it's just uh, such a great movie there's so many uh, wonderful special effects and visual effects in the movie but it's also like uh, practical effects too they use a lot of uh, props and things they built like the uh, the trash scene we've all seen it so that trash uh, city uh, in like the middle part of the movie you guys remember that? No, I I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. It's up it's up on my list, but I don't remember scene to scene. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's like it's when K is trashed into the the trash planet. I mean, not the trash planet, the, the trash city, and all those people fight him. Uh, nope, I'm ringing any bells. Are you talking about when well, he's walking through and you've got the the orangish kind of background? He's walking through the pillars. That's that's uh, this is way before. It's when he goes finds those oh, the okay. orphanages, the orphanages, orphanage. Yeah, place. unfortunately, I I haven't seen it in about I think a year, so I don't remember. Anyway, I don't quite uh, remember that's the scene, but that's all made from uh, from a practical effects. So just so many cool. Um, of practical effects and everything in the movie and just a lot of philosophical themes that are built um, off of the first Blade Runner and a wonderful uh, just theater experience. I watched it with my friend Graham uh, in theaters. Just me and him went uh, and it was just, yeah, we, were just amazed. Empire, dude. Uh, we were just amazed at it. How amazing it was. And Ryan Gosling does fantastic in it. Um, so it's really good. One of my favorites of the, of the decade and one of my favorites of all time. So, yeah, I think you actually did invite me or said you guys were going to go watch it and I hadn't seen the first one yet. So I had yeah. to oh, go you, back yeah, and watch you the fell first asleep one during the first one. So you want to go? You wanna hey, I also fell asleep during the first yeah, one. So. <laughs> you goof. <laughs> it's definitely a slow movie, but it's one of my favorites of all time. You just, I, it's just yeah, I agree. Slow. It's slow, but, but I, I didn't fall asleep because it was it boring. I was really night. tired. And then I woke up the next day at like 6 a.m. and watched it. Yeah, I know. Not like because I... Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I like used... that was like my goal for the day is like wake up really early to watch it. I just happened to wake up that early <laughs> and couldn't fall back asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I think I... Uh... Yeah, I just fell asleep because it was late. And, and then uh, I watched it, and then Thess, Thess bought it, and we watched it at, a, at the mm-hmm. Worm House. So. And, and then um, it's by Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve, who is like one of my favorite uh, directors of the 2010s as well. Made Arrival, Prisoners, uh, 2049. So just an amazing director. So really good. Really good guy. And yep, Roger Deakins for the cinematography of that, 
Yeah, I haven't seen Sicario, but I want to. Yeah, that one's really good. I think it's on my uh, on my Voodoo, so think, you can give that one a watch. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, that's another good movie. So yeah, he's he's great. I, I like it. So far, I've liked everything I've watched from him. I haven't seen mm-hmm. Enemy, but... This know. is the weirdest one, but I respect what his artistic uh, creativity in it. But yeah. Yeah. That's the one I didn't really vibe with. It didn't, if it, it didn't pass the vibe check, but I let it. You know? Uh-huh, I've been there, my brother. <laughs> That's my number six. Um, yeah, the, I'll talk about it more later because it's it's higher up on my list. Mm-hmm. It's not on mine. Sorry, guys. Wow. I know. I know. But you know what is on mine? My number six choice. Oh, yeah. It follows. Uh, oh, dang. yeah. So yeah. good. I think I had that in mind. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah you had it on your honorable mentions. mentions. I heard you say yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Did I show you that movie? Hell No. Okay, Wish. I'm sorry. I, I'm pretty sure I, I had found it on I had found it on Netflix, and then I showed a bunch of people it because nobody had ever heard of it. So I didn't know if if you were one um, of those guys. No, my friend John showed it to me. We watched it our freshman gotcha. year. It's uh, the first okay. horror movie that has come out since I've been like three that I really liked. I think <laughs> uh, horror movies are rough genre in the uh, 21st century, but like this one a lot, especially the soundtrack. Um, the soundtrack is probably the creepiest part of the movie. Yes. It's yeah, a weird concept. So. Um, a monster follows you around at walking pace until you have sex with someone and then it follows that person. So, you yeah, know, my, huh? yeah, my cousin actually, my cousin recommended the movie to me and I went and saw the synopsis or plot or whatever. And, uh, I did not watch it for a long time because it sounded like the dumbest movie i had ever heard it definitely yeah especially some random horror movie where that's the plot i mean exactly sounds really dumb but no it's shot really well the soundtrack's dope it's not really super scary as much it is just tense and just good Mm -hmm. um except for the tall guy that dude's terrifying the tall guy's really creepy tall guy scared the crap out of me um are you talking about the beach scene no, there's a he's oh, he's like a two second scene. It's when they're in one of the houses. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking the, about. He's the one that kills the. I don't know if he kills anyone, but the girl is uh, freaking out, and yeah. her friend is like, "Why are you freaking out? There's no one here." And she opens the door, and the tall dude, yeah, comes out of the shadows. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, she pees her pants. That was weird. So, uh, <laughs> but realistic. Yeah, good movie. Do you remember yeah. after we watched it? Uh, I think me for like the second time. I think we were showing somebody, but I listened to the soundtrack while, uh, in my dark room. I got really scared. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me the next morning that you like couldn't sleep because the soundtrack spooked you, which is <laughs> yeah. understandable. Because there's like a shadow. There's a shadow on the wall from like the trees bristling, and I, and I was just really freaked out. Yeah, it's really creepy. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack's really good in that one though. Really uh, I also movie. think it it did a good job. I think of um giving the kind of the plot at the beginning um what like it, it's a hard premise to kind of sell in in a horror movie and i think they they did it i think really well um with the um the man finding the girl and you know that whole scene i thought it was set up really really cool to kind of explain to you and the person that you're following throughout the movie 
Yeah, and I just want to give a quick shout out to Paul, um, the man who is deeper in the friend zone than any human being has ever been. Uh, he offers to have sex with the girl so that the killer will follow him, and she refuses. He's just so desperate. He's so desperate to have sex with her that he will accept looking over his shoulder Terrible his whole death. life or death. Yeah, and uh, she still says no. That that part was funny, and then her guy that she does have sex with dies, so she finally gives in, has sex with him, and then he has sex with a hooker. So, uh, yeah, yeah, not not a great look for Paul, but keep your chin up, young king. (laughs) Yeah, that's my number six. Your chin, yeah, your crown's falling. Your snapback is falling. The uh, the whole pool pool scene in that movie was also uh-huh, the climax i thought yeah was really i thought really really good i mean both the the beach scene was good too but yeah it just felt i think they did a good job of making it feel like teenagers uh making decisions of this person following them rather than adults uh-huh. but yeah yeah great great pick thanks man What's your I guess I will favorite do, uh, movie? <laughs> I will do my number five. Um, so tapping into the top five of my decades. Um, I know both of you probably aren't going to agree with this, but it is one of a trilogy, and it is John Wick, um, just the first one. Um, I'm more of a first one than the rest. I love all of them. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but I do love uh, all three of them. Um. But in my opinion, the first uh, John Wick, I think, does uh, a great job of being simplistic, great action, um, just enough of the assassin world um, to propel the the violence um, that obviously is the major part of the movie. Um, and not like the other two movies don't do that. Um, I think all three of the movies are great. I love you know, each John Wick movie. Um, but I think the first one did a great job of having the emotion of his wife dying to, um, um, having his car stolen and, and just getting propelled back into the world that he had already left because of his wife. And, um, the action of it was consistent and amazing. And, uh, each, I think each John Wick kind of gets more and more preposterous, but, um, not in a bad way. I still love each of them, but um, just as its own self uh, movie, I, I think John Wick um, was was amazing and was my number five and probably one of the best shoot 'em up movies uh, ever. Probably the best shoot 'em up movie ever. And plus, it has the nightclub. Keanu scene. Reeves. What? Sorry, I said plus it has the nightclub scene. Yeah, which nightclub yeah was. Was really good. And Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah, and I think it's one of those trilogies that you can like, I think, any of the three so far. And then, because yeah. there's going to be more, obviously. And then it's just like justified yeah. why you liked it the most. Yeah. My personal favorite is uh, the third one, but just because it's so preposterous and I think awesome. Yeah. I think it just elevated the action genre, which all of them kind of do, but yeah. I think that one did probably the most. So. Um, Definitely had some of the best fight scenes of the three. I'm not going to debate that. 
because the knife scene and uh, the glass scene, all of that was all great. But um, yeah, yeah, John Wick is my favorite. My number five is um, the uh, is a Phantom Thread by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, mm-hmm. It is a movie that that is I think a lot like Parasite. It is um, very simplistic in its approach, um, but it has beautiful set design. I think a great story that's not as dark as Parasite, but certainly uh, one that is just, I think, just simple, a simply fantastic and perfect movie in regards of like what it wants to accomplish and what it wants to uh, do. So that's my number five. I was, I was uh, impressed with it. It's Daniel Deleuze's last performance. And I think one of the, finest movies I've seen in terms of its uh, simplicity. What? Did he Daniel die? Lewis? No, yeah. he, no, he just retired. Oh, word. Cool. I've never heard of that movie. Yeah, um, it does actually yeah, try to get me to watch it, and I and I did, and it's it is really good. Paul Tar- Paul uh, Thomas, Anderson Thomas Anderson is a great great director, and I actually didn't think I was going to like the movie at all. Um, because it's a movie about a dressmaker, but it, uh, it was super slow, but just the acting performances of both, um, I guess I can't think of day Lewis uh, and I forgot the other girl, the girl's name, but they yeah, do I can a look really it up. good job. Um, uh, Vicky, mm, um, yeah. both of them and, were uh, just, just being enwrapped in those two characters was enough for me to, you know, get through the movie and enjoy it. I, I really didn't think I was going to enjoy the movie at all. Um, cause sometimes this is not that this is movies are bad or as recommendation recommend, uh, are bad, but that one just didn't look like it was going to quite be my taste. And then, yeah, it was, it was really good. And, uh, Daniel was the just soundtrack. a weirdest character, uh, in a movie I think I've ever seen, but that's what made him so intriguing to everyone around him. So, yeah, that was that was a really good movie. It wasn't in my honorable mention, so uh, I did give that it one. It was. Or it wasn't. Did you say it was? Yeah, that one was. I, I put it in my honorable oh, nice. mentions. It wasn't in my top ten, but um, yeah, definitely deserved to be one of the best of the decade, in my opinion. Because yeah, and the soundtrack is amazing in it too. I love the soundtrack. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movie it, soundtracks. It fits the movie perfectly. I think that I know, that's Green what you want a soundtrack, amazing. of course. Johnny Greenwood's amazing as a composer. So that's my number five. Um, so, yep. Cooper, what about you? Number five, um, Looper. I have on number what? five. I need, to, I need to rewatch that before I put it on my list, but that's definitely Yeah, one I haven't seen it in five, six years, but I just remember loving it so much that I just kind of said, fuck it. Um, yeah. Brian Johnson's for, well, I don't know if it's his first movie, but it's the first one I saw of his. Brick first is his big first one. Brick. Yeah. Brick is his first one. That's the one that, yeah, Brick and then Looper, then Last Jedi, and then Knives Out. So he's only made four well, Looper movies, really, yeah. oh, wow. Looper's the one that kind of put his name out there. Yeah, Looper's the one that got his name out. Looper's sick. Um, yeah, Looper's just so like good. the whole concept of uh, these mercenaries that are hired to uh, kill time, or Time travel is, oh man, I can't talk. Time travel is a thing, but it's illegal. And so 
these outlaws will send people back to the past to be killed, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is sent himself, but you know Bruce Willis is so badass that he kind of evades it, and then it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt versus Bruce Willis, but it's actually a man versus his older version of himself. Yeah. All while the destiny of, I think it's the Rainmakers, the villain kind of villain's name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they try to decide how to avoid that or whatever. And then Emily Blunt is my wife and she's in it. <laughs> Just a dope movie. Really fun to watch. Really sick. Yeah. The only thing I think I disliked about that movie was the fact that they altered um, Joseph Ledencourt's face. Did they? And it, yeah, they, they digitally, um, to make him look more like, at least I Bruce believe Willis. so. This is what I was told. They, they digitally, yeah, ch- changed his face slightly to make him look more like Bruce Willis, which I didn't really do that that well. I mean, it didn't really look like him, but, uh, it just made, it did, I like was watching the whole movie and wasn't sure if I was actually wa- like if it was Gordon or not, because, it didn't quite look like him, but it did, but then it didn't. So I was only a complaint I had of it, but yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a really good movie. And completely yeah, in its own dope. theory. We, um, yeah. okay. Spoiler territory for Looper. Um, that's when I made the joke when we watched it in like 2012 or whatever, that you can't kill Bruce Willis. He can only kill himself <laughs> because that's how he dies. <laughs> he just stops existing because Joseph Gordon-Levitt kills himself. Yeah, you'll, you'll, it'll kill. come to you soon. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Don't worry. It's a funny joke. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure you do, man. So, but yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie where he has died. Exactly. You can't. No, I, can. exactly. I, I can't think of a movie where he's died. Jean, um, so. Die Hard, like the fourth Die Hard. Which is one where he like does the most death defying stuff. He, he shoots himself yeah. to kill the guy behind him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He ramps so. a car into a helicopter and says, because I ran out of bullets. Yeah. Does he like jump yeah, out of the he, car uh, 60 miles an hour, like slide down? A yeah, he bridge? revs it up <laughs> and like hits a ramp and jumps out after he hits the ramp so that the car will hit the helicopter. <laughs> it's beyond stupid, but it's awesome. I don't see a problem in any of this logic. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like on a helicopter at some point. And he's like fine. Later, he's like. He's fine too. I, I don't know. Well, he. He got cut. His face oh, was a yeah. little cut up. That was rough. He got some. Yeah, yeah, shut your mouth. Yeah, this. he got some. Uh, got some burns from the, um, from the road, some road rash. But like his legs, he would deep. die. <laughs> he's also like, like sixty. <laughs> he, well, yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I'm trying dead. to think of who is like of who son is or like the son other or person. He's not in that movie. Oh, that's in a good day to die hard. Yeah, he's in the next one. Good day to die hard. Which I haven't seen, either. But I heard it's terrible. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, Bruce Willis is dope. Looper's awesome. And Bruce Willis is awesome. Oh, he's in the Sixth Sense. He is. <laughs> were, were you going anywhere with that? <laughs> never alive. No, that's that's. <laughs> well, Easton, Easton was uh, thinking of like what movies he's died in, and the see, but we made that joke too. He's see, but we made that. You can't kill him. He either kills himself or he's actually been dead the whole time. He never on screen just yeah, dude. We were. I'm really proud of us. We were we were so woke back then. Yeah, man. 
really makes you think. What's your guys' favorite best? Anyway, so what's uh, yeah, what's your, what's your number four, Easton? Around yeah. to my number four? All right, sweet. Uh, my number four is a movie that maybe will be on your guys' top five, but Drive. Um, it is. Is my number four. Actually, I think that's maybe headed in his honorable mention. That's my 15th of the, yeah. of the decade. Yeah. So Drive uh, is mine. I think we... Yeah, I kind of already talked about it in uh, our favorites episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to our favorites episode because um, I talked about the talked about Drive, um, another movie with uh, Ryan Gosling, um, which I've said is is one of my favorite uh, actors, and um, I just think it it did a great job of um, setting a tone and staying with that tone. Uh, well, technically, maybe two different tones because it starts out pretty light and. Um, and then it just gets brutal out of nowhere and, uh, is just full throttle throughout the rest of the movie. But, um, yeah, just, a one of my favorites that I've gone back and watched a couple times, um, since it came out and, uh, every time I'm just, uh, I just enjoy, uh, enjoy the drive, uh, enjoy <laughs> the ride. Um, that was so lame. <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, have enjoyed it every time. It's another movie with Oscar Isaac in it, and I'm a big fan of his. So I think he did a good job in it too. And that was before he was uh, in the whole Star Wars universe. So, um, yeah, he's yeah, really and good. I loved, yeah, Oscar Isaac did a really good job in the movie too. So it's not just um, Ryan Gosling who did a great job. Uh, they they both did, and um, yeah. So I, I'd say that's my that's my number four. Solid choice. Nice, nice. It's a really good movie. Um, my number four is uh, another Paul Thomas Anderson movie um, that I've only seen once. Uh, I need to see it again. But uh, the Master is my is my uh, uh, third favorite. I mean, fourth favorite movie of the decade. And has Joaquin Phoenix, which I think this is his best performance uh, in a movie. And it has Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams. There's a big cast, and they all do so well. And it explores the <clears throat> themes of human na- human nature and animalistic nature in our human uh, in our human nature, and just how that's combated by religion and just religious thinking, and then how to maybe like weaponize that, how ideals weaponize. Um, that nature as well. Just a lot that's going on in the movie. Uh, and I think it explores so well. Uh, it's a beautiful movie. I mean, it's well, so well shot. Uh, it's by Paul Thomas Anderson. So uh, Johnny Greenwood does it the score again, like he did in Phantom Thread. And it's great. And just an overall fantastic movie, I think. And one of my favorites of the decade and of all time. But I, unfortunately, I haven't watched it, rewatched it, since I watched it back in August, but I'm planning to rewatch it with a friend soon who hasn't seen it. So, very good movie, though, in my opinion. Yeah, I plan on actually Amazing. rewatching that sometime soon because I watched it once a while back um, and thought it was good. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a great job, but I didn't necessarily follow it the best. So, I need to rewatch it and really just pay attention and, and follow the whole story of it because it was really interesting. And um, 
I thought everyone did a good job, and I love Joaquin Phoenix Joaquin now. So, Phoenix. Uh, I think I put it in my honorable mentions. Yeah, but I think you I'm did. with you. I need to rewatch that one to really nail it down and see if if it should be higher than than what I put it. All right. My fourth favorite movie is John Wick 3 uh, because it's awesome. Kind of everything that Easton said, but revamped up to 11. The third one. Yeah. (laughs) True. Um, Yeah, it's just badass. Keanu Reeves is one of my heroes, and um, this is my favorite movie I've seen him in. That's about... Since the Matrix, right? Uh, what's your number <laughs> three, Easton? <laughs> what? You don't like Keanu Reeves more now that you've seen him in the Matrix in the 90s? I don't like him less. I'll say that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Another thing about John Wick 3, which I think is really cool, is that kind of like, like all of them like elevate the genre of the action movie. And another movie that does really well this decade is uh, Mad Max Fury Road, which I just watched yesterday, actually. So, but John Wick 3, I think, is much better. But, um, yeah, both just really great movies. And I love the John Wick series. Yeah, I honestly hope it's like the next James Bond, even though he's like in his mid to late 50s. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, if if they put out a movie every two to three years, he could, I mean, he could do it. No, it's all eight or nine movies. I'd be so, so. down. I don't care if the yeah, plot doesn't yeah. progress at all. If he just finds new creative ways to beat the shit out of people. Yeah. It'll probably just be okay. a better Fast and Furious, a more violent Fast and Furious, because that's what Fast and Furious has become. It's just a over-the-top violent, you know, crazy movie, action movie, and John Wick is just better at it. So I, that's what I'm thinking. It's probably going to lean towards just a new John Wick every two to three yeah. years. And it's just crazy. I normally don't like movies like that, but just, I don't know, like the physical toll that he's put on his body to like learn. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> our friend Graham that Des yeah, mentioned earlier made a really good point. Stuff. He's probably a better shooter than 90% of police officers because he's just insane. <laughs> and, I mean. Yeah, he went out and went to a tactical. Yeah, you've seen the video of him shooting, shooting all those and targets. And, and Yeah. He says I was Insane. slow on that last one, and everyone else was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get in a fight with him. Let's just put yeah. it that way. I wouldn't mess with John Wick. Or Keanu Reeves. Oh, I'd beat the shit out of Keanu Reeves, but <laughs> wouldn't touch John Wick. I mean, I just saw, uh, uh, what's that movie called? Always Be My Maybe or whatever. And he has a guest appearance in that. Nice. And I would beat the crap out of that Keanu Reeves because he's an asshat. But really, yeah, they make him out to be a kind of a elitist douche. Rough. But yeah, the first scene of him in it, you're like, okay, this is Keanu Reeves. He's dope. And then, like, thirty seconds later, you realize that they make him out to be a jerk. But it's just for the just for the plot of the movie. Dang. So, whatever. All right, okay. well, I will uh, do number three here. Top three. Uh, number three is uh, the only horror movie up here, um, which is Hereditary. Uh, since I saw that movie in theaters, it has been by far my favorite horror movie of all time, I think, at least. Um, 
maybe I'd have to go back and check all the horror movies I've seen. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I loved Hereditary. I talked about it a little bit in the favorites episode, but uh, um, just from start to finish, you just really get enwrapped uh, in this family. And I think uh, each actor and actress. Uh, like I said, did a did a really good job, maybe except for the the girl. But even then, she was good enough uh, for her limited time in the movie. Um, and then once she is not in the movie anymore, spoiler alert, uh, it just it was such a shock. Because, um, I mean, I had seen a trailer and figured she was a, a big part of the movie. And then when she was not anymore, uh, it was such a shock that it really, uh, you really felt for the teenager and uh, the parents and uh, really I had no idea where it was going after that because of um, what I thought the movie was going to be. So uh, in the last, again, a common um, theme throughout my, my top movies, just the last 15 minutes uh, was just excellent. Uh, I know Thess said he kind of predicted some of it. Uh, I really didn't predict too much of it. Um, I think it kind of came out of, didn't come out of nowhere. It did a really good job of putting hints of uh, what was going on, but um, I just loved the last 15 minutes and thought uh, um, Ari, Ari Aster, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah Ari, Ari Aster did um, a great job with the direction of of the whole movie and, um, the last scene, uh, you know, the last like two minutes even was just perfect, just a perfect way to end the movie. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have seen midsummer, but, uh, I think Ari Aster does just a fantastic job with the last scenes of his movies. He just ends it on the perfect note, um, that fits the movie. So, um, if you haven't seen Midsummer, that's another one you should definitely go see. But yeah, if you haven't seen list. Hereditary, it is um, fantastic. It is a little bit uh, – some people don't like it, so maybe it is uh, kind of a um, acquired taste because it's a slower horror movie, very, very slow for about an hour. Um, it plays like a family drama. Than horror. I mean the last 20 minutes is horror, but um, – you kind of have to be ready to kind like of sit a, through a two and a half hour thriller. Um, but I was, like and hours. I was, Oh really? Okay. So it's a little bit shorter, but yeah, yeah. 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 It's just over two hours. But, but still, um, it is a little slow in the beginning. Yeah. And it's, it feels longer because of how slow the first, the first act is. Um, but I'm okay with it because it rewards you for sitting through that. And, uh, investing in the family because it just goes crazy at the end. And, um, yeah, that's my favorite horror movie and my favorite, uh, my third favorite movie of the decade. Hereditary. Yeah. That's, that was on my, uh, little mentions. So yeah, really good movie. Uh, Tony Corlett does an excellent job as a lead in that movie. So she does not disappoint at all. And it's plays out no, like a, lot of, a family drama, which is really cool and mm. beautiful cinematography haunting yeah, atmosphere. So yeah, really well shot. Really so, um, yeah. the sound three. mixing was really good too. You just, it's same with like it follows just the music, yeah. um, really enwraps you in, in the world that you're in and just makes you creeped out the whole entire movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a little while, but I do remember just 
watching that movie, you always feel like something is a little off, but you can never mm-hmm. quite get your finger on it. And it does, yeah. it makes, you know, that happens because, uh, because of the music, because of the sound that they put in there. You just, you always feel like there's something around the corner that's about to, about to come out and make it a horror movie and it eventually does. But, uh, yeah, the music was just insane. Cooper, have you seen that one? Nope. <laughs> uh, That's always on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's, it's another it's one of my good horror movies. You should give a shot. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, my number three on. is once upon is once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's throwing that one up uh, there. Ninth movie. Yeah. Um, I always go back and forth of like. What's my favorite Tarantino movie? And it honestly might be this one or Inglourious Bastards. I always go back and forth. Um, I just really love the meta narrative and meta commentary on Tarantino's life that this one provides. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then just the. Uh, it almost feels like an ending film for his entire. Because he's always like, I want to make 10 films. But this, if he went out on this one, it would have been like a. Almost a final chapter that's kind of recapping everything he's done uh, up to this point. But. Uh, amazing cinematography. I could watch this movie like all day and not be tired of it because just the world that they build and Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton are just great characters. Two of my favorite Tarantino characters. Fantastic. Um, yeah, they do fantastic. Uh, they have great chemistry. And I just love uh, a lot of what goes on in here. Um, I love the fairy tale aspect at the end. And just mm-hmm. it's also wonderful and just one of my favorite movie experiences. Uh, effort probably so and I guess he has like a four hour cut of this movie I was like I need to yeah, see that I, I really want to see that one there's another movie that I, can, I don't know why I'm bringing it up because I can't think of the movie that there's a longer version that uh, I really hope gets released but that is one of the movies that has a long release that I want to I want Hateful them to Eight. release everything enough no no it's not a Quentin Tarantino movie there's another movie that uh, uh, another- that came out that uh it wasn't received the best, but I really liked. And somebody said that they had a extended version that was almost four hours that would have explained some of the spots that people were confused about. But I can't, I can't think Batman of Superman. I can't think no, not Batman versus Superman. That is one where if you watch the ultimate cut there, uh, it does show it does a little bit more that, better. yeah, that people, yeah. people tend to like that version more than the theatrical cut. Um, yeah. a lot of DC fans. No, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Um, yeah, most people who are like DC fans say they don't even count the theatrical cut as the movie and they just use the, the ultimate cut. So, but Quentin Tarantino definitely knows how to use, uh, Brad Pitt and, um, Leonardo. Yeah. Like, cause each time those are, he uses those two actors, they're just phenomenal. I mean, Brad Pitt yeah, and right. Inglorious Bastards was a fantastic my character. Favorite, huh? Car- Tarantino, might be my favorite yeah. Tarantino character is yeah. Aldo Rain. Yeah, up there, and, then, and then um, uh, and Candy Django. and Django. Yep. Yeah, Leonardo and did Django's a really fantastic job with that character. So, um, I hope. I, and I know they said he's only going to do one more movie, so I hope he brings them back for it because uh, they were fantastic in all of his movies. Yeah, really good. Really good movie. So, Cooper, what's your number three? I'm glad you asked this. It's Drive, a movie that Easton already talked Ayo. about a little bit. 
So I won't go into too much detail, but um, my favorite part was actually just how much the small details I noticed in this movie. Um, Just little stuff that I liked a lot. And then, yeah, just the brutality is insane. Yeah. (laughs) It starts with a woman getting her head blown off in slow motion with a shotgun (laughs) and leads to Ryan Gosling stomping a man's skull in on an elevator. It's... Just sick, um, and I, I just love chase scenes and fast cars and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So nice muscle yeah, just cars. Just a sick movie, for lack of a better word. You already talked about it a lot, so I don't really have anything else to say. But yeah, it was sick. No, no, it's good. I think we all like Drive here. So yeah, great. We do good movie. We do. Really good movie. Yeah. Um, so my number two is a movie that's already been talked about a little bit, but Blade Runner 2049, uh, a movie that I am extremely upset that I did not watch Blade Runner before, um, it came out in theaters because that would have been probably one of my favorite movie experiences ever. Um, probably second to the, my number one movie, but, uh, yeah, Blade Runner 2049 was, um, was fantastic. The cinematography and the way they shot that movie was uh, just gorgeous. I mean, you could just sit back and just, I think that said that you could just sit back and just watch it. No sound, no music. I mean, maybe just music. Some music was really, really good. The soundtrack, but um, just every world that they went to every, every street, every, you know, strip club or you know whatever i don't know which you know every scene and every place every set that they went to um just uh looked really really well and put you in kind of that um futuristic cyberpunk noir place um and i think it's been one of the best movies to do that since the first blade runner um and there's a lot of debate of which movie is better uh the first blade runner or Blade Runner 2049 and they're definitely both great in their own um their own ways uh but I think as a straight just straight cut movie uh, I like Blade Runner 2049 better um I do too just yeah just uh just because of um I love Ryan Gosling uh, of course I love Ryan Gosling and his character in this movie and um the whole hologram girlfriend thing was just a great twist and on a um, yeah so uh, I really want to rewatch this one. I've only seen it twice, which is pretty sad in my opinion. Cause, uh, but it's a little bit longer of a movie. So I kind of have to, uh, it's like almost three hours long. So I don't mind long movies, but I got to have, I, you know, got to find time to watch it. So uh, definitely a rewatchable movie and uh, good action, but just a great, uh, great screenplay. Great. Everything really. So my number two movie was was Blade Runner. Um, yeah, it definitely helped, brings you into the world super well, and I just love the uh, the atmosphere of it. Yeah, great movie. I love it so much. So, all right, Cooper, hit us with a number two. What's your number two? Wait, oh, what's yeah, my number two? Yourself, buddy. Idiot. <laughs> So my number two is uh, my favorite, one of my favorite movies ever, uh, ever since I watched it. I just felt very connected to it. And I, we talked about another favorites episode, but it's First Reformed uh, by Paul Schrader. Yeah, who, First Reformed. Who, uh, First Reformed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who uh, 
helped Paul Schrader helped co-write Taxi Driver. And um, you just really get a lot of feels. And that's one of my favorite movies as well. Uh, yeah, they're both top 10 movies for me. But just this one has a religious spin on it that I really appreciate. And I just really feel connected to, especially nowadays. Um, I said that I haven't felt connected to a piece of work like this since I read uh, Kierkegaard for the first time. And that's one of my favorite uh, philosophers. And there's a lot of his themes and his own philosophy that's in this movie that I really appreciated along with like Thomas Merton. And it's just a, it's a harrowing tale and a look into a life of difficult faith and what that means in the 21st century. And I just, I just love it so much and it's well shot and um, well before everyone does a fantastic performance. Ethan Hawke as the lead is just great. Um, but yeah, it's my, one of my favorite movies and my number two favorite of uh, the 2010s. So. Neat. 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 Yeah. I, 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 I don't think, uh, I don't Cooper, think you haven't uh, seen that Cooper, one, right? You haven't seen that one, right? No. Okay. No. Uh, I, actually, uh, I, actually, I actually did, actually look, did that look, that it. It. look that one up and watch it. It is really good. It is really um, good. Uh, kind of weird, though, in my opinion. I don't, I don't have quite don't as high as as this does, but it definitely feels like an A24 film, a nice indie movie and has a very dark tone to it, but um, it doesn't feel religious at all, though, which is really weird. But because it's literally about a, a priest, but it has a really good story. So um, that is a good movie. So if you haven't seen it, um, listeners, definitely give that one uh, give that one a listen. And a watch as well. And a watch, yeah. Sorry, I'm in podcast mode. <laughs> It's cool. Um, uh, my number two is Once Upon a Time, Upon a Time in Hollywood, which that's already talked about. I haven't seen Django haven't since seen high school, Django so, high school I, so I that would maybe be here if, um, if I rewatched it and I remember loving it. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I've only seen once. It was in theaters and um, just a really entertaining movie that I was just really captivated by the entire time. Um, I've talked about before how I have pretty bad ADD so it's hard for me to stay focused for an entire movie and just stay super captivated the whole time and but this one uh, yeah I was just super into I love Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth I think Cliff Booth yeah uh, Pat Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's characters they do great together and I think that's told me that they want to make more movies together because they just had so much fun with this one um, yeah their chemistry works really well and then, of course, Margot Robbie is amazing. Um, Easton, you talked about some movie was your favorite third act of all time. I forget what it was. Uh, I think this is my favorite third act of all time, at least the yeah, last great. scene or two. Yeah. No, it, it just, definitely has a great third act. Yeah. So insane. Um, I wanted to highlight this quote in particular. My buddy and his dog killed two of them, and no shit, I torched the last one. Torched? Yeah, I burn her ass to a crisp. They're just so nonchalant about it, I love that. Just big chilling, and then he leaves his wife or girlfriend or whatever and goes and gets a drink with, uh, I forget her name, Uh, Margot Robbie's character. Sharon Stone? Yeah, Sharon Tate. I mean, Sharon, Sharon Tate. Yep. After <laughs> burning a man to death. <laughs> and having two people brutally murdered in his living room. Yeah. 
brutally murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie's just movies just that have great. brutal violence that come out of nowhere. I honestly do. <laughs> as long as there's a purpose to it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Not just hostels or something. Yeah, really good movie. I love it. All right, Easton. What is your favorite movie of the past 10 years? And right, why is it well, Venom? <laughs> well, you kind of beat me to it. I was going to say we should uh, mix it up a little bit. And since we're down to our number one movie of the decade, um, I want to see if you guys can guess what uh, we should see if we can guess each other's favorite movie of um, the decade. So I will give each of you a chance. And then when this goes, we can take a guess. I already know it, Easton. I just I, so do you want me to still guess? I feel like you are probably right. <laughs> do you know it? No. Is it uh that robot movie? Yeah, it's upgrade. <laughs> yeah. It it is upgrade, yes. That is my favorite movie of the decade. And like I've said in my favorites episode, uh I know Thess does not like it. Um but uh Cooper, you should definitely give it a watch because uh it kind of fits some of the things that you've picked in your top uh, top ten, but um, yeah, it is my favorite movie uh, of the decade by far. Um, uh, like I said, with Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I was a movie that I thought would be my like one of my favorite uh, theater experiences. Well, this is the movie that probably is, or maybe number two behind Star Wars, just because of all the history of that. But Upgrade was just a great theater experience because I had no idea what was going to happen, um, and then. Uh, it just had a a great start to kind of put you in the world uh, that they were in, kind of a futuristic world, but pretty simplistic. Um, And then uh, some, I don't want to ruin anything, so some major things happen uh, to the character, and then uh, it just kind of hits a a gear and just doesn't let go until until the end is really brutal and violent and... um, I think they did a really good job of uh, just the world that they set themselves up in. And um, yeah, so I I know I've already talked about upgrade a lot, especially to all my friends because I tell them all to watch it, but uh, the upgrade is, or just upgrade upgrade is my favorite movie of this decade. Wow. Wow. Nice. Nice. What do you guess this is? Um, I actually didn't think about this too much. Uh, um, so I'm not, a am not a hundred percent sure of the movies that he hasn't said yet. Uh, cause I think he said, uh, inherit vice was not on the list. So that's a, uh, that's an honorable mention of mine. Uh, honorable mention. Okay. So I think the only one I've heard or haven't heard yet is maybe Ad Astra or did you already put that one in there? That's a honorable mention. Yeah, so I guess I don't know. I guess it's up to you, Cooper. Can you guess his favorite movie? Uh, Toy Story 3. <laughs> ah, dang it. All right, well, we both lost. What is it? Um, So, like I said in my favorite episode, I don't know if this is, if a lot of people count as a movie. The director does, Um, so I do, oh, since the director's going to get the on. final say. I know. So, but it Twin is on Letterboxd. Twin Peaks, The Return. Oh, man. All right. Uh, I was trying not to pick that one because I thought you were going to say it was a TV show, but fair enough. No. Fair enough. I consider it a movie just because 
David Lynch does. And yeah, yeah he does go for, it. Yeah. go for it. Yeah. Uh, it is actually, I think, the highest rated thing on Letterboxd. It's right up there with Parasite. So um, it's incredible. I think everyone who watches it uh, and is a big fan of Twin Peaks loves it. Um, it's an oddity. Uh, like, it's so confusing. So, but it's it's supposed to be just like a lot of like Twin Peaks is. It's more of like up to the interpretation of the audience member. Um, but it's a it's a experience like none other i think on tv i put it um up there with watching like the first four seasons of game of thrones for me like the first like in the last and the last two seasons of breaking bad like of how good it is and how much i was entertained and i think it like just goes beyond both of them in some ways and i just really enjoyed it um it it pushed the boundaries of what we can do on the little screen and it's a Dave, uh, a great work by David Lynch and one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Um, and I think much like a lot of great works in art, like the last bit sticks with you for a long while and like just changes you. Uh, and over Christmas break, I read 1984 and the last words stuck with me like the haunting, terrible thing uh, that just changed my kind of changed my uh, psyche a little bit. And the last I think minute of, of Twin Peaks of Return is up there with just how amazing and just how harrowing the, the ending is. So it's a good show. It's an amazing show. So that's my number one uh, thing of the 2010s. So eat sweet. All right. Thess, do you have a guess of what uh, Cooper's number one movie of the 2010s? This? Okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take my guess then. Um, out of the movies I've seen, or I can I can see that he's seen this decade, my guess would have to be the live-action Death Note. No. <laughs> Mine is uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Into the Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Spider-Verse. Yeah, that was close. Is, is you really weren't? Yeah, not even a little. Uh, there's been what, cartoon that one used versions. To be a live action, and then now it's animated. The other one used to be animated, now it's live action. Okay, you're gonna be that guy. <laughs> They're both movies. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. You can take us home and talk about uh, your favorite movie of this last decade. Yeah, it's a uh, maybe my favorite superhero movie ever. Um, I kind of don't count the dark Knight just cause it's so like so much more of like a movie movie than it is a superhero movie. But, um, yeah, spider verse was just so sick. I love the art style so much. It's so fun to watch. Um, and I love that it's focused more on miles Morales than Peter Parker. It's just so refreshing to see cause we've seen so many freaking iterations of this character and it's, uh, Spider-Man's my favorite superhero, but with almost every iteration, it feels like something's missing. And this was just the first time I didn't have any major complaints. Um, yeah, it's mostly the visuals just mixed with the story. And I love Jake Johnson's version of Peter Parker, the fat loser version. <laughs> Basically, just Nick from New Girl taking a mentorship <laughs> role. Because um, it kind of uh, subverts your expectations. Shout out D&D. After uh, you think that 
blonde, good-looking Christian Slater, Peter Parker, is going to train Miles Morales, and then he dies, which was shockingly dark for this kid's movie. Kingpin crushes yeah. his head, he dies, and then, yeah, Jake Johnson comes in and kind of doesn't want to teach him, but he does. And then once they open the Spider-Verse, and then you get Nick Cage's noir Spider-Man and Peter Porker, um, John Mulaney, and then the Overwatch Diva girl. I think there was another one, but I'm blanking. Fun, great movie, good theater experience, and a sleeper hit, definitely. Yes, yeah, super, super hit. Super, super sick. Um, never mind. I was going to name drop someone, but I'll just say someone annoyed me in the theater by being a dick to the waitress that time, and that's my only complaint I have with that movie <laughs> experience, and it was not the movie's fault. So, yeah. Some people think that there's a too hard of a level up. Um, Shout out this. I didn't really get that. I'm sure what? that there's too much of like a level up. Miles Morales kind of gets all overpowered. Yeah. I didn't really notice it or care, I guess. I thought, I don't know. Any complaints I had were very small and nitpicky. I had no major complaints, which is kind of the first time in any Spider-Man movie that that's happened. So I was very happy. Yeah, I, always with de- it. I always debate which one's better, that or Spider-Man 2. Both yeah, fantastic. I thought about yeah. it a lot, and I think it's, I think if you take away the uh, nostalgic factor of Spider-Man Two, then Spider-Verse is probably just the better movie. I can very much. I love agree them with both, that. but I, I think Spider-Verse is my favorite. Yeah, I'm actually really sad that I forgot that, uh, forgot that movie for an honorable mention because ha it's that in mine. I know. Ha-ha. I'm stupid. Yeah, I know. But yeah, that was a great movie, and the art style was completely different. Not what I—I don't think anybody was really expecting. And um, yeah, really fun, really fun watch for kids or or adults. And um, yeah, yeah, I was not expecting much from it at all. So I was very happy with how much I loved it. Yeah, they definitely teased it as being more of a kids' movie, and it definitely had uh, appeal for all ages. but yeah, I was expecting far, some sort of Teen Titans go to the movies vibe, like a <laughs> teenager, early teen movie. That was very glad maybe had some that. jokes. Yeah, I didn't see that one, but just what I assumed that movie oh. was like is the vibes I was getting from Spider-Verse until I saw it. It was awful. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. But uh, by far the best uh, best part of um, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse was noir Nicolas Cage Spider-Man. I mean, mean, how you could put how you could put Nicolas Cage and Spider-Man as Spider-Man and make it work is beyond me. But it was a great little uh, bit and I loved every minute of it. I really like that. That movie. Very excited. It's really fun. And the TV shows. I think they're coming out with TV shows. Yeah, they're doing a whole thing with it. I hadn't heard of that, but that's dope. All right. Well, I guess we've gone through all of our uh, top tens of the decade. Um, I think we're uh, we're just about to uh, wrap this one up. But uh, before we do, I guess we're going to do one one more little thing uh, to end the decade. Uh, Tess and I had talked, and I think we want to uh, give a shout out to what we think was the most disappointing movie of the decade. Go for it. Oh, I have to start this one? All right. Yeah, I guess if I'm going to start it, I guess... uh, 
my most disappointing one, uh, which is probably going to be pretty uh, controversial, is going to be Rise of Skywalker. Um, not because it was the worst movie I've ever seen. It's definitely not the worst movie of the decade or anything like that, but just because of what it is. I mean, it's star Wars and I'd grown up my whole life with this trilogy and these characters. Um, and I thought that was not a good way at all to end, uh, three trilogies. Nope, three I mean, you're trilogies. ending nine movies. Um, damn right. Like that. And I just, uh, I, I didn't really enjoy, watching it in theaters and I didn't enjoy uh, what they did with uh, the emperor. Um, I thought that was just a terrible decision um, from Kathleen Kennedy and Disney. Yeah. Um, Especially just when you think of the whole trilogy and uh, who emperor was and, and um, who Darth Vader was in those trilogies, it just kind of kills uh, who Darth Vader was and who Emperor Palpatine was in the it really ruins trilogy. all of Star Wars, so honestly. Sad. If yeah, not I, cinema. I don't <laughs> I don't like saying that it ruined all of Star Wars. I will never I watch like another Star Wars movie. I don't want to push it that hard and I don't want to be that Star Wars fan. Um so I'm just gonna say it it was my most disappointing movie and I don't hate it. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but it was just very, very disappointing. Um and I'm trying not to let it ruin the new trilogy for me because I still uh still like you know the other ones. So uh that was probably my my most uh disappointing one. Uh and if I had to give it honorable mention, uh really these are both just 2019, so maybe I'm just doing recency bias, but the lighthouse was kind of really disappointing to me because I was very, very excited for it. Um and it just wasn't quite what I wanted, you know was expecting so that's why it's just you know more of a letdown for you should me give another watch necessarily a being a bad movie because i just uh i thought it was a movie Maybe. that would be right down my alley and and it was not you should give another watch see if like you like it now you know what it is about yeah maybe um and i mean i will definitely say that the cinematography and uh robert pattinson was i mean he was great and but I, it just didn't really go well with me when I was in the theater and I was really excited to see it. So um, those are really just 2019. I can't think of ones other than that. I mean, I know one that you guys, one of you guys will probably say that is definitely up there. But um, yeah, those are two of my uh, uh, most disappointing releases of of the decade. What about you, Thess? So probably Skywalkers might be my least favorite. Yeah. Like most disappointing movie of the decade, definitely. Yeah. Kind of based off what you said too, you know, big fan of, I like, I really like Force Awakens. I like the Last Jedi a lot. Um, and then just, I, and, and like me defending Last Jedi for like two years. Yeah. Just you, you defended get, it for about two years. <laughs> I was pretty just, uh, I was pretty against it for a while until I decided to give it a rewatch a year later. So to just um, then <laughs> I think get like crapped on by uh, <laughs> Disney for liking it <laughs> essentially. And then just getting that is just like a uh, was very slap disheartening face, to me. Slap yeah. Slap in the face. And I just did not like it. Um, Suicide Squad's obviously going to be up there. 
I can't think of any movie I was really excited to watch. And I was like, oh, actually, I do. Um, I watched it a couple days ago. Uh, Inception, I thought was actually kind of disappointing. Like, I really liked it growing up and I watched it the first time, watched it a couple other times. Um, but on a recent rewatch, I did not enjoy it that much. So that's probably, oh, and Dunkirk. Dunkirk. So Christopher Nolan, even though I like him a lot, has made two. I respect movies, but not I really like movies, if that makes sense. So probably in those four for me, all disappointing in a way. So. So, yeah. All right, Cooper, what about you? Um, I, I mean, my answers are pretty much the same as you guys. Yeah, Rise of Skywalker was pretty bad. The, the, yeah, like you said, the most frustrating part was that it tried to undo damage that wasn't actually damage, in my opinion. Um, they, It's just, there was no direction or anything. It just kind of looked like they threw the hype of scenes they could think to film together. And, like, they were just trying to make the audience shout with glee the whole time, and it's, it was just not good. Um, besides that, probably Batman vs. Superman, just because we all thought it'd be somewhat good. And then reviews came out that week that it wasn't, and we kind of thought, well, maybe they're wrong, <laughs> but they weren't. Uh, Venom was, it's kind of a guilty pleasure for me. I actually kind of enjoy watching it, but I mean, it could have been obviously a good movie. It's not at all. It's objectively pretty bad. I feel like there's something else that I'm forgetting. Um, I didn't love Thor Ragnarok, which I've heard is a lot of people's wow. favorite Marvel movie. So. Yeah, there's that's that a hot one. Take. Yeah, I, I know that's one of my more bolder <coughs> takes. One that I'm seeing now that I'm just not thinking of the whole entire new X Men series. Yeah, I didn't see any of those, but very, they're all terrible. Oh, yeah. Besides it, Logan. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm I'm talking about the uh, the whole X Men part. Not Logan was fantastic, but um, you know, First Class and Apocalypse and that whole line. Those were all they could have gone somewhere really well. Like they could have done something with it and they just really dropped the ball. It's just a basic, they're just trying to be Marvel and they don't know how to be Marvel and they shouldn't be Marvel. They should be their own thing. So yeah, those are all very disappointing. You know, upon further thinking, I would like to change my number one movie of the decade answer to finding Francis. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so actually just negate everything that I said about Spider-Verse because Finding Francis is much well, better. Do you want re- should we just restart the episode? Do, yeah, yeah. Let's just take it from the top. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, that's uh, Nathan that's, for You's Nathan final, for you, isn't yeah, it? Okay. His final episode is actually final a episode. movie based off one of the very, very, very small side characters finding the love of his life. <laughs> it's, um, it's a tear-jerker. Francis. You'll laugh, you'll cry. It has a point four on Letterboxd. Yeah, Jeez. it's a life changer. It's amazing. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll I'll give you the benefit of the doubt here. I, there I should be no it. doubt. I'll give it a shot. I'll it's a masterpiece. A I'll give it a shot. It's an instant classic. All right. Well, now that uh, the Cooper Hassel has changed his number one and ruined our whole entire uh, number zero, we'll just call you know, it that. countdown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, number zero. Um, that's my number zero too, actually. All right. Well, that's. I'm just gonna go traditional and have no number zero here. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, I think that about wraps up our episode of, um, our favorite movies of the decade. Um, so, uh, if you want to, uh, find me on Twitter, uh, I am Easton Moore four. That's Easton Moore IV. So Easton Moore four, uh, same thing on letterbox. If you want to follow letterbox, um, I'll probably throw some reviews on there and, uh, and I write movies. So if you want to be active and see what we're, we're watching, we both, we all three have F letterboxes. So that's where can we find you? Uh, I'm also on Twitter, Dr. Thess, D-R-T-H-E-S. My, my, my name's kind of hard to spell, so just click the letterbox link that I have on the on my Twitter. Um, I write reviews, try uh, in-depth reviews to movies, and uh, I also rate movies. That's our, that's our tag, right? I rate movies. Easton said I kind of went along with it. All right, Cooper, where can we find uh, you? You can find me on SoundCloud. Just search the 405. Uh, yeah, there's a picture of fire yeah. hometown hero okay. better hot take. Yeah. Uh, that's where, uh, actually don't look that up. That's pretty terrible. You can find me on Twitter at codename coop and letterbox at codename coop. Uh, my reviews are usually one or two sentences that have almost nothing to do with the movie themselves, but I've been told that they're uh cult classics. Got some positive feedback on this. Thank you for listening guys. And make sure to, uh, Follow us on Twitter. It is Couch Critics Pod, <laughs> so you can find us there, and we can um, we can talk on Twitter. So if you uh, listen to the episode, uh, you can comment below when we when we tweet it out and uh, say if you liked it. Say uh, any comments you want, and we'll be more than happy to talk to you uh, about the episode. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcast, make sure to uh, give us a review. Uh, if you like the episode or uh, like the podcast, give it a five star so more people can find the podcast. Uh, and if you want to put a review in there, just tell us what you like and dislike so we can make our podcast better for you guys. That would be fantastic. So thanks for listening again, and make sure to go watch some movies. Pod out. Oh.